Lord, we would rather have you. We would rather have you come just a little bit closer in this time. We would rather have Jesus than silver and gold. We would rather have Jesus than silver and gold. God, as we gather this day, might we do as Crystal has invited us to do, which is to lean in. Lean in to you. Lean in to your spirit. God, in this Advent season, we wait for you, but we know that you also are here waiting for us. So whatever it is that we might need to hear this morning, would you speak it? Whatever it is that we might need to feel this morning, would you be there? Whatever is weary in our lives, oh Lord, would you bring it back to life as we trust in you? We pray this mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. So this week, I was reading a book by Barbara Brown Taylor, who is a priest and pastor. And in her book, An Altar in the World, um, there was a line that has been sticking with me this week that I would love to share with you. So in her, uh, it's either her intro or her first chapter, she recalls being asked to be a guest preacher at a church. And when she's writing the sermon, she asks the head pastor, is there something specific that I should preach on for this week? And the pastor told her, come and tell us what's saving you right now. Let your sermon be a story of what's saving you right now. And as I was thinking about what I might preach this morning, that is the phrase and the question that has guided me. Um, and I let, I'll let that remain there um, and return to it later in the sermon. But first, our scripture passage from today is from a psalm. Psalm 33 verses 13 through 22. Uh, the words will be on the screen. I invite you to, um, in whatever way you best hear, whether that be reading from the screen um, as I read it, or whether that be just listening and closing your eyes, um, I invite you to lean in the ways that you need. Psalm 33. The Lord looks down from heaven God sees all humankind. From where God sits enthroned, God watches all the inhabitants of the earth. God who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. 16. 
A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory. And by its great might, it cannot save. Truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear or have a reverence for God, on those who hope in God's steadfast love, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. God is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in the Lord because we can trust. In God's name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the beautiful things about the Southeast Raleigh table is that we grieve well and lament well together. When things happen in the world, we don't just come together on a Sunday morning, toss out tambourines, and say, you better rejoice this morning. The Sunday after George Floyd was murdered, I know this community gathered and grieved together. The Sunday after Tyree Nichols and the Monterey Park shootings, we gathered and we spoke their names. Just a few weeks ago, as we um, some of us met together for our Christmas annual Christmas caroling in Moore Square Park. We remembered um, when we got there that a free Palestine protest in March was taking place in the same uh, location. And when we remembered and saw this happening, we didn't just start singing joy to the world. We shifted our posture, we paused, and we prayed. Each week in Advent, as Reverend Lisa reminded us this morning, uh, there's a word appointed for each week. And every third Sunday of Advent, the word is joy or rejoice. And I mention this because as we continue to gather as a faith community that is aware of context, I again invite us to remember that when we say Advent joy here in this place, it sounds and looks very different than Advent joy being experienced in Bethlehem today. How do we speak of Advent joy here when the birthplace of our Lord is today a Palestinian town filled with rubble? When the world is at war, it's very important. The words that we say in this space are very important particularly because religion has often been used as a tool to push us further into war and conflict. The psalm this morning is a psalm that addresses themes of war and battle. You might have heard it already. But I would invite us to explore what the psalm is inviting us into in the midst of that. So we're going to do some good old-fashioned Bible study this morning. Is that okay with you? Okay, great. Verse 16. A king is not saved 
by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope. By its great might, it cannot save. These verses repeat the theme, not saved. Not saved, not delivered, cannot save. A king is not saved by his army. The warrior is not delivered by his strength. The war horse is a vain hope that cannot save. And these words, save and delivered, um, are significant here. They mean a deliverance from harm, a liberation from affliction, or rescue in times of battle, or just a um, spiritual battle that we may be uh, facing as well. But what's significant are these words have been used throughout Scripture, but they're also used in the, um, the story in the book of Exodus in describing the ways that God rescues and saves and delivers God's people from enslavement. And drawing upon that story, using these similar words and language, means something. I might interpret these verses using these words to say, these man-made means of strength and power, they can't rescue you like God can rescue you. They can't deliver you like the way you have experienced true deliverance. Military might and great human strength are a vain hope. Vain means producing no results, utterly useless. The war horse is a vain hope. Humans and human institutions cannot be trusted to free us in the way that we need and long to be freed. And that alone, what a word to our weary world of war, that the world's great armies, that countries that boast of their strength and their military budgets, that vessels and vehicles of war are a vain, useless hope. What's saving us this Advent? What's a cause for joy? this Advent? What's making us more human this Advent? The psalm says, not a great army, not great strength, not more war. But back to the psalm. It's common, it's common in the psalms to use a, a literary technique or tactic of comparison. So the Psalms will often take two things and um, use one in contrast of the other. And specifically, it's often used to highlight the characteristics of God up against something else. In this Psalm, the author and authors are describing what cannot be trusted to then highlight what and who can be trusted. Verse 21, our soul waits for the Lord. God is our help and our shield. 
Our heart is glad in the Lord, and we trust in God's holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. You can see the interchange here, and I'll read lines um, next to each other so that you can hear it as well. A king is not saved by a great army. Our souls wait for the Lord. The warrior is not delivered by his strength. God is our help and our shield. The warhorse is a vain hope. But we can hope in the steadfast love of God. The scripture is inviting us to divest, to pull away, to be suspicious of human attempts at power over and strength. And instead, place our hope and trust in the sturdy, steadfast, reliable love of God. Our soul waits for the Lord. We can wait and long for the Lord because this God is God not of harm, but of help. We can wait and trust the Lord because this God is a God who shields those who cry and lifts up those who are brought low. We wait and trust the God whom in verse 5 says, which I did not read, but it says, God loves righteousness and justice. It's a God who in verse 18 and 19 does not cause famine, but lifts up and save those who are in death and famine. We wait and long for a Lord who, or whom in the words of our Advent scripture that we read this morning from Isaiah, strengthens weak hands and fearful hearts. A God who brings streams in the desert. A God who will one day give humanity everlasting joy. In the verses, it also says, God brings a crocus. Crocus? I don't know what that is. But it brings... I don't know what that is, but God is bringing blossoming there as well. As Lisa was saying that this morning, I was like, yeah. In faith, I'm leveraging your faith to you know what that means. But it's because of this, because of the God who does these things, because we know who God is, that we are glad and our hearts can trust. Our hearts trust in the Lord. Because at the end of the day, all this really is, the whole center and focus and purpose of our faith is trust. The reason that we gather and we sing and we pray and we have Hawaiian bread and we hear amazing music, the reason we gather is not because each one of these things in itself is why we're here, but because we want to trust someone. And this God that we gather for is trustworthy. Trustworthy. It's about who we trust and how we trust. Do we trust in the world's way of strength and power? Do we trust the steadfastness of ourselves? Or do we trust the helping, shielding presence of God? 
I want to return now to what I mentioned at the beginning of this sermon of what's saving me. What's saving me right now is that the hope of the world and the hope of humanity are not dependent, not dependent on kings and presidents and prime ministers who debate and defend about war, defend war as they fund it. What's saving me is not a hope in the U.S. empire or any other empire of the world because we see in history that every empire that tries to do power over falls. Every empire will eventually fall. What is saving me is God's unexpected, irrational, unexplainable expression of love that comes in the form, not in a mighty army, but, I, but appearing as a vulnerable, innocent baby born in Bethlehem. This baby is the opposite of a mighty army. This baby is the opposite of a war horse. This baby is one who will be described as gentle and humble in heart. This baby makes a fool of humankind's attempts at strength and power. What's saving me is the upside-down birth of God's compassion. What's saving me is the Spirit of God who knows us intimately and chooses to dwell with us in the weariness of the world. What's saving me is the hope in a God who brings good news of great joy for all people, not just some people. It's a God whose jubilee and liberation are so expansive, they not only cover these big world issues, these macro issues, but also the weariness in our own individual lives. There's enough steadfast love to invite the bend of history back toward justice, and enough steadfast love for hard mental health days, for loneliness and lostness in a holiday season, there's enough steadfast love for anxiety, family complexity, and whatever else we might be carrying today. What's saving us is not a great army. What's saving us is who's saving us, and it's God, the one who made all things, who is still Emmanuel, God with us in the mess. God with us in the weariness of the world. Our soul, our souls, we wait for the Lord. God is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in the Lord because we can trust God's name. So might God's steadfast love be upon you, even as you dare to hope. Let us pray. I'll invite you again into a posture of prayer.
We can say a lot of words here, but what really matters is what the Spirit is saying to you. And I invite you in this time, as we speak about who we can really trust, if you would reflect with this question, What can you trust God with in this season? In what ways does leaning into trust look like for you? In a world that is so noisy, in a world that talks so much about strength, what would it look like for you to trust? To know that it is not the strong who will inherit the earth but the weak. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon Southeast Raleigh. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon Gaza, Palestine, Israel, Congo, Sudan, Haiti, Southeast Raleigh High School, Let your steadfast love be upon all who feel the weariness of this world. Let your steadfast love be upon all who feel the weariness of their own lives is just too much. They can't even comprehend anything else. Let your steadfast love, O oh Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Our souls wait for you, our help and our shield, for you are an ever-present help in times of trouble. We ask this all in the name of the one who creates, redeems, redeems, 